So I was working in a bookies and then people there were like smoking crack in the toilets and <laughs> my manager got threatened for the stabbing. So I was like, ah, I don't really need this in my life. So I quit. Hello and welcome to Indie Bites, the podcast where I bring you stories from fellow indie hackers in 15 minutes or less. Today we've got Pete Codes, who is my favourite kind of indie hacker. He thought, what have I got to lose and went all in with his side projects. Two years later, he's running a profitable business that sustains him and allows Pete to work in a way he wants to. Pete runs no CS degree, among other things, sharing stories of people who have made it as a developer without going down the traditional route of getting a computer science degree, showing how it's possible to earn a nice salary without going to university. I've got another double recording for you today as Pete has just launched too many things in the past few months. Recently, he started HighSignal, a community for revenue verified entrepreneurs. Then he started a site for finding fully remote companies and finally made two fantastic courses where you'll learn how to both monetize and grow your newsletter. So it's safe to say Pete has been a busy bee. Before we get into this episode, a quick word about today's sponsor, Churnkey. Churnkey helps you retain more customers with customized cancellation experiences. The cancellation flow presents dynamic options for your customers, helping you craft a deeper relationship with them. All you need to do is connect your Stripe account and you'll enable powerful features like subscription pauses, dynamic offers, customer segmentation, actionable churn metrics, and how much revenue Churnkey has recovered for you so you can see how much your investment has paid off. Want to try it for yourself? Head to churnkey.co to start your free trial. Another quick note, if you want to learn how to start a podcast like Indie Bytes, I've put all of my knowledge about podcasting, showing you exactly how you can do it in less than two hours a week. I'll leave a link for that course in the show notes. But that's enough plug-in from me. Let's get into this episode. Pete, welcome to Indie Bytes. How are you? Yeah, really good. Thanks for having me on. Maybe for those that haven't heard the Indie Hacker show, what's your story, say, in, in under a minute? I was doing an office job and then I left that to get into solo entrepreneurship. I went to Eastern Europe and found out a cheap flights newsletter, which didn't have any business plans, so it inevitably failed. I came back home to Edinburgh in Scotland and couldn't find any other jobs. So I was working in a bookies and then people there were like smoking crack in the toilets and <laughs> people were getting, my manager got threatened for the stabbing. So I was like, ah, I don't really need this in my life. So I quit went full-time into new CS degree because I was learning to code and I had heard all these good stories from friends that were making like good incomes as either founders or just developers working at companies and they didn't have any CS degree they'd gone through boot camps or they just taught themselves online really cheaply so published a bunch of those stories and now Bootcamps and other developers sponsor my newsletter and the articles on the blog, and that's how I make money today. What did you want to do when you were younger? Did you? I had no idea, mate. We'll get onto this, I suspect, but everyone just asked me, What are you going to do at university? Nobody ever asked, What are you going to do? Full stop. It was just so university was like a given for me. I first got interested in entrepreneurship around. 2014-15 which was when Peter Levels like launched Nomad List and that's around the same kind of time that Cortland Allen was launching Indie Hackers. I kind of did a few projects that like were yeah hopeless and didn't have any plan and died quite quickly and then yeah about 18 months ago I started to take things a bit more seriously and started working full-time on my own business. 
So you're interviewing lots of people for no CS degree. Is there any sort of inspiring story for you that stands out that you can give us a little taster into the kind of stories that, that you do on no CS degree? There's a guy just interviewed from Mexico, Altair, who was working as a cleaner on cruise ships. And then last year, obviously, with COVID happening, the travel industry, including cruise ships, completely like shut down because no one's taking any holidays. So he was like learning to code online and he used this platform that I use myself called Scrimpa, which is really cool. You can you get like an instructor's coding, but you can pause the video and edit it. Yeah, it's just really good. And he's got a remote job now as a developer and he's gotten out of cleaning cruise ships, which isn't doesn't seem a fantastically fun job or anything with a lot of prospects. And now he's working as a developer and most importantly, he's working remotely so he can work from anywhere in the world. Yeah, it's really good to see people like getting into web development and getting yeah out of purely paid jobs, basically. So Pete, this is our second recording. I've been doing lots of second recordings with people that I recorded back in March before I took some time off because as with all indie hackers, you started a bunch more projects, you've grown your existing ones. So tell me, since we last recorded, what's changed? What have you launched? What's new and how's growth for Novo CS Degree going? Yeah, thanks, man. It's good to be back on. No CS Degree is doing well. I'm going to be adding a course directory for finding like online courses that are cheap and affordable to do for learning to code and a bootcamps directory and a job board. And we're going to be like pulling them all into the new CS degree website because at the moment they're on three different sites. A rookie <laughs> mistake for like SEO. It's not totally confirmed yet, but I'm hoping it's going to be about five or six thousand dollars. Yeah, things are looking up. That's awesome, dude. That's a great number. What What's the sort of split of your revenue? And is it all recurring or is it a lot of sponsors still? Like a little bit of it was recurring. I've got this new course coming out called growyournewsletter.com and it's sponsored by Email Octopus, which is like a email marketing software company that I use to send out my newsletters. And lots of people are making courses these days, but I was making this newsletter course and I was thinking like, well, it'd be cool to approach a sponsor about this. And I use Email Octopus anyway. So I got to chatting with them over the last few weeks and they have agreed to sponsor it. So that's been like a good like boost to my income. So a good tip would be if you're thinking of doing a, like making a course or resource, try and partner with companies that might want to sponsor you and reach your audience. That's really interesting because that's not an approach that a lot of people would think about when they go to launch a course, they'll be thinking of how do I monetize this by selling the course, selling people buying it not usually getting a sponsor for it so you're working on growing your newsletter you say you've you've done it for a while you've got other courses around it so in a nutshell pete what does it take to grow a newsletter for someone that is starting out they might have zero subscribers they might have a hundred what do they do to start to grow that and say grow it to 500 to a thousand in a couple of months it might sound obvious but you have to start off with a good idea like it has to be something that provides value to people Sounds a bit like a nebulous concept. Start off with a good idea. Make sure it's <laughs> make sure it's like a newsletter that's going to provide heaps of value to people. Another tip would be make it really easy for people to sign up. I see some websites and blogs where 
the newsletters sign up form is this tiny little form squirreled away on the right hand side of the page. Another thing would be you have to like do it regularly and commit to it, do it weekly. People get into routine. So they're like, oh yeah, I'm going to get my newsletter from Pete, but I learned to code on a Tuesday. And then it just becomes part of their weekly routine. Exact same thing with podcasting. I always recommend people do it regularly. And then you mentioned monetize your newsletter, launched that back in October. How is it doing for revenue? Yeah, it's going really well. I did a bundle with mm. two other people with newsletter courses and we just did it for a week. I think that made that made about $5,000 in total. But I think that's the really good thing about like Jack Picture talks about build it once, sell it twice or sell it thousands of times maybe. <laughs> but that's the really good thing about selling a course or selling an ebook. It's like, you only have to do the work once and then you can keep on selling it and keep on selling it. And I made that course in October and it's still, it's still making good money for me, so it's good. And I've made like a paid community where we're doing like video calls with entrepreneurs every week. And Andrew Campfey, who I did the newsletter bundle sale, is in that group as well. So t tell me about how the idea for that community came around. It's super interesting how you priced it. Your The sort of concept for it is different to any community that, that I've seen recently. First off, it's called High Signal. The idea behind it was basically newsletters and like media scale really well, okay? Like write a newsletter and if I send it to like 10 people or 10,000 people, it takes the same amount of time and it's the same effect for each person. The same is not, not true of communities. So anytime you see a kind of, not just for entrepreneurs, but anytime you see a community where it's, we've got 10,000 members or 100,000 members or whatever, that for me is like a really bad signal because there's going to be so much noise. It moves away from being a community to a marketing channel where people are mm -hmm. like, oh, I can get my product in front of 10,000 people if I join this group. So yeah, basically I wanted to make a group where I could chat to people and we could have a community, but it would be small. I guess the really important thing I should have mentioned before is you need to have <laughs> revenue to join. Even if you have to pay for some communities, you don't know who the other person is or where they're coming from. Am I getting this advice from like a millionaire or am I getting it from a very self-assured person? So the difference with High Signal is everyone that joins, even my friends that join, they have to send me like a screenshot of like their Stripe revenue or their Gumroad revenue or whatever. When I was starting the community, I did a kind of nifty trick with pricing where basically I think it's hard with a community because when you're starting it off and you're wanting to make a paid community, Okay, if there's no one there, you can't just be like, it's 20 bucks a month because people are going to join or not join and people are going to see an empty room. And it's, it's like trying to get people to a party when there's no one there. Nobody <laughs> wants to go to a dead party. No one wants to go to a restaurant where no one's eating there. I was, okay, so I can't charge straight away. But also, people don't really value stuff if it's free. So what I did, which I haven't seen anyone else do, but which has worked out well, was like, okay, the first person to join will pay a dollar a month and then it'll go up for each person. And that really worked. That's the good thing about making your own projects is 
you can control your own prices and do little experiments like this. Yeah, I, I thought it was a really smart model when I saw it. And you mentioned job boards. You started your own remote companies. When did you start that? How's that going? How have you grown that? I just started in July. It was quite a lesson for me in progress over perfection because I started in <laughs> December. Usually I'm very quick at shipping. And I was like, oh, I'm going to code it from scratch and it's going to be all totally custom coded by me. And it was just taking months and months and it's just dragging on. And uh, it got like, I kept on, I kept on having like calls with Lachlan who does these bubble, bubble courses. And he was like, you know, just ship it, man, get something out there. And I just <laughs> wasn't, I wasn't, it was so bad. And then eventually in July, I made in Webflow in like a couple of days and I was like, and now it's out there. So yeah, basically remote companies, it's like, a directory of fully remote companies with like really cool perks. So you can find companies on there that have like unlimited vacation with like health insurance, with like free equipment. And basically the idea at the moment is it's not really a job board. It's more of like a company board if you like. So it's more just like showing what it's like to work at, the, at those companies. Um, and so, yeah, I've, I have a newsletter for that where I do in where I just send like remote jobs. So I've sold like a few remote jobs to people, but my aim for it really is to get companies to get paid to be featured. And that way I can like charge companies a lot of money per year and say like, here's a place where you can, people can learn about your company's like perks and culture and stuff like that. So it's not like a, a conventional job board. But in saying that, if it doesn't work in like, I know, six months, I'll just flip it to the job board. And how much money is this making at the moment for you? Uh, it's not really monetized at the moment. Like I've made like a handful of job board sales, but I think it's a longer play because I'm using more like SEO to grow it. I guess it's the problem where for something like this, you need to get more traffic for it to be valuable to people. Mm -hmm. So it's more kind of like, no CS degree and like my new side courses are like my bread and butter. And this, I guess, is kind of like a stocking horse, which I'm hoping to grow over time. But it's going to take a while for like things like SEO to kick in and for that to be effective. Well, Pete, it's good to see that all the projects you're doing seem to be paying off and it's great to see you're having so much success. Now, I end every episode on three recommendations, a book, a podcast, and an indie hacker that people should follow or be inspired by. I think the book choice would be Mindset by Dr. Carol Dweck, because it's basically just talking about having a growth mindset, which I think is essential for an entrepreneur. For podcasts, like, go love indie hackers, right? Cortland's great. Really like his interviews. Had lots of, like, inspiration and lots of, like, thoughts for business ideas over the years from listening to that. And an indie hacker I'm inspired by. I'd have to say my friend Lachlan Kirkwood is doing great guns. He's basically got these, like, no-code bubble courses and he's really nailed like his distribution because he's got a YouTube channel building with Bubble. Pete, well, thank you so much for joining. Appreciate you coming back for a second recording. Cheers, James. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode with Pete Codes. I'll leave links to all of Pete's projects and things we discussed throughout this episode in the show notes. Again, don't forget to check out Churnkey and my course, Two Hour Podcast, if you want to learn how to reduce your churn or start a podcast. That's all for me. See you next week.